You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, the daily Tennessee podcast. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today as it is a Football Friday edition of the show. Tennessee is getting ready for South Carolina coming up on Saturday night. It will be on the SEC Network at Williams-Brice Stadium in Columbia, South Carolina. I'm going to get to the really disappointing news for Tennessee and its star player to begin the show. Uh, I'll tell you what's coming up uh, on the show as well. I'll have an interview with Hale McGranahan from TheBigSpur.com in segment number two. He covers South Carolina. He'll tell you some keys to know about the Gamecocks as Tennessee tries to pull the upset on the road this weekend. And then some keys to the game and some players to watch on Saturday night for Tennessee. I'll get to that in segment number three here of Locked on Vols. But the show begins with the news around Trey Smith, and it's really disappointing news both for him and for Tennessee's football team. But the first priority is Trey and his health. And in the offseason, there was a lot of talk about what would happen with Trey. Would he be able to play football this season? Through almost the entire offseason, Tennessee kept it quiet what was going on. And then in August or approaching August, word came out that it had to do with blood clots uh, in his lungs and that Trey had been on medication to correct the issue and that he was hoping to get clearance in the middle of August, which he did, to be able to come back and play football. And that was great news for Trey. Trey put in a ton of work to be as ready as possible without actually being able to practice in full with his team to be ready to play at the start of the season, and he did that. He was the starting left tackle against West Virginia in the opener and has started at that position all the way through the season. But Tennessee announced on Thursday afternoon that physicians discovered blood clots in the lungs of Trey Smith on Wednesday. So Smith is going to continue to receive care under the guidance of the University of Tennessee team physicians. He is expected to make a full recovery, which is, of course, good news. But right now, Trey Smith is out indefinitely. There are five games to go. It's difficult to believe Trey is coming back this season, but again, he's out indefinitely. We don't know his long-term status right now. We do know that he's not playing this weekend, and we do know that he has another issue with blood clots. Jeremy Pruitt released a statement on Thursday with the release from Tennessee that said, quote, the most important thing is for Trey to be able to get healthy. He has been an outstanding student athlete during my time here on and off the field. Our sole focus for Trey is on his recovery. We are thankful that our medical staff discovered this and is getting him the proper treatment. And all of that is, of course, right. The number one priority is for Trey. And I'm going to get to the football side in a moment because, of course, there is the football side. But for Trey, as I mentioned, he put in a ton of work. He was very focused on being as ready as he could be at the start of the season without having been able to go through a full offseason. He did not participate in the spring. He missed part of fall camp because he was not able to go through full contact activities until he was cleared a few weeks in to fall camp. For Trey, this also has to be a scary situation. He dealt with this during the offseason. Now it's come back again. So for him, he has to be focused on his overall health before he's able to focus on football. But there is also the football side. Trey loves playing football. Trey has been dedicated to the sport. Trey also has a chance to make a ton of money playing football in the future. And it would be a shame if that is taken away from him. So everybody's number one thought there has to be, man, I hope Trey's okay. I hope everything works out for him. Here's a guy that has been given so much ability. 
I hope he's able to use it. So all the best wishes to Trey. It was really nice to see uh, through social media. You you can literally see it. All the support he received from both teammates, former players, members of the media, and of course Tennessee fans as well with Trey Smith, who I, I just I can't imagine the situation he's going through. I think a lot of people know, but Trey just a few years ago lost his mother, who died at the age of 51, due to congestive heart failure. So with Trey's situation and that history, it has to be a scary situation. So one more time, I'll just say best wishes, best thoughts, prayers to Trey Smith and his family as they try to figure out what to do next. But uh, we wish the best for him and a full recovery. There is the football side of it as well. It's not priority number one, but it is a part of the conversation. What does Tennessee do along the offensive line this Saturday and as the season goes along? For this Saturday against South Carolina, Tennessee until yesterday was not really able to practice with somebody else planning to start at left tackle. Trey Smith was on the practice field on Wednesday afternoon, of course, Monday and Tuesday. So Tennessee had been planning for him to be the starting left tackle. Drew Richmond is an obvious candidate to start there at left tackle because he has played that position in the past. Drew practiced at left tackle in the spring and part of August while Trey Smith was out, and he has started in the SEC previously. So Drew Richmond, who has been at right tackle, can move over to left tackle. If that happens, Marcus Tatum is an option. He has plenty of experience playing at right tackle. He could start at that position. Chance Hall is a guy who could play guard or tackle. There's also the question of how many snaps Chance can play. If he starts, can he play all the way through? I don't know that that's the case. Chance could also play guard to allow somebody to step outside. Nathan Niehaus went in at left tackle when Trey Smith went down with an injury for a few plays in the opener against West Virginia. So Nathan Niehaus is an option as well. So Drew Richmond, Marcus Tatum, Nathan Niehaus, and Chance Hall are all options at the different tackle positions. I would say, though, that Drew Richmond sliding over to the left side would make the most sense considering his experience. It does help that Jameer Johnson is back from his injury, so he should be good to go to start at left guard. Jerome Carvin is available as a backup option. On the right side, it has been Nathan Niehaus, as I mentioned. Let's see if he's still in that spot. And then at center, you've had Ryan Johnson starting. If he were unavailable, Riley Locklear is available to play either at center or he could also play guard. So versatility among the linemen does help. There is no replacing Trey Smith, though. I think he's Tennessee's best lineman. He's probably Tennessee's most talented player overall. He's at least in that conversation. I don't think Trey's been his best this season, but he has been playing a new position. And again, he was coming back from missed time during the offseason. But Tennessee's offensive line already had its issues. It was already a weakness on the team. Now Trey Smith can't play. So you take Trey Smith out of the equation. There are real concerns for the offensive line, both in this South Carolina game and the rest of the season. Maybe it helps that Tennessee doesn't have to play teams like Alabama and Auburn and Florida, which are pretty loaded up front. But Kentucky's no slouch, and South Carolina gets a key defensive pass rusher back this week, DJ Wanham, who hasn't been playing this season except for the opener. So it's not going to be easy against South Carolina. It's not going to be easy the rest of the way. It wasn't going to be easy with Trey Smith. Without Trey Smith, it becomes even more difficult. So tough news for Tennessee, really tough news for Trey Smith. All the best to him as Tennessee gets ready to head to South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks in Columbia 
on Saturday night. It's an important game for, I would say, both teams. Both teams trying to finish with a good run down the stretch here. So coming up in the next segment of Locked on Vols, I'm going to talk to Hell McGranahan from TheBigSpur.com. He covers South Carolina for 247 Sports. He'll tell you about some of the players to know heading into this game. South Carolina's offense has some issues to get figured out. Have the last two weeks helped with that as South Carolina was off last weekend. Hell McGranahan, TheBigSpur.com, coming up right here on Locked on Vols. Today presented by Sling TV, which is a great way to watch college football. Another big weekend coming up for $30 a month. With Sling TV, you can get ESPN, watch the SEC, the Pac-12, and more, and they make it so easy for you. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices, and with Sling TV, you will not have to deal with useless channels or long-term contracts. They don't have hidden fees, and you can cancel Sling TV anytime. And before you sign up, you can get a seven-day free trial. How about this? Locked on listeners get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on that's s-l-i-n-g dot com slash locked on if you're tired of dealing with a bunch of channels that you don't ever watch you don't want to pay for them you might want to check out sling tv go to sling.com slash locked on for your seven day free trial i want to welcome to the show now hell mcgranahan from the big covers south carolina for 247 sports hell i really appreciate the time thanks for joining me here and South Carolina's coming off the off week. They've had two weeks to get ready for this Tennessee game. What do you think were important things for South Carolina to work on these last two weeks, getting ready for Tennessee on Saturday night? I think first and foremost, they just wanted to get a little healthier. Starting with Jake Bentley, who injured his knee against Kentucky. Of course, had to miss Missouri game, played before the bye week against A&M. I just got him, you know, some more time to, to rest up and get a little healthier. And of course, the I guess next biggest name, if you would, uh, who, who's who's out there for South Carolina on the injury report has been DJ Wanham. Been out since the first game with an ankle injury. He's back. Uh, of course, AJ Turner gotten out of the concussion protocol, so a little bit of time for him to get uh, back rolling too. Still missing a couple guys, but but really, uh, w- when you look at South Carolina, just what they've done on the field, turnovers have been an issue. Uh, quarterback play has been a little spotty. Uh, been drops. Uh, left and right, it seems, by receivers, tight ends, backs. Uh, so I think really just a lot of it in the bye week and probably no different for many other folks is just sort of a self-evaluation, looking at themselves and trying to figure out ways they can uh, try to hem things up and, and uh, get ready to roll for that second half. Yeah, how correctable do you think are those offensive issues, especially the the issues with drops? If that's cleaned up, how much of a difference can that make, do you think, for South Carolina's offense? I, I think it would be huge. Uh, Jake Bentley's gotten a lot of criticism this year from, from some fans, and some of it's warranted. I mean, he does lead the league in, in interceptions, or is tied for the lead, I should say, with Nick Fitzgerald. But Jake's only played in five games, and he's already thrown seven picks. So, yeah, he, he's had some some moments of oh my gosh what is he thinking what is going on there and, and granted there have been a couple of those interceptions that were more or less arm punts are, are sort of inconsequential uh, with being turnovers uh, but he's got to play a little bit better and he admitted earlier this week that he's been sort of fighting it mentally a little bit uh, for lack of a better phrase maybe struggling with some confidence and, and really hadn't been going out there and just you know kind of playing letting a rip just being sort of natural instead of maybe trying to force things a little too much. That's uh, a big part of it. 
Hell McGranahan, the big spur.com, two four seven sports keeping up with South Carolina. What about on the defensive side? What what stands out about Will Muschamp's defense and how much can the return of DJ Wanham up front, how how much can that help the Gamecocks defense? First and foremost, that side of the ball the turnovers have been a big part of the success uh under Will Muschamp at South Carolina, creating turnovers. Uh, and they just haven't gotten a lot this year. Uh, they're, they're among the worst teams in the country in terms of turnover margin. Whereas last season, I think they're in the top 20 uh, in the country. So I uh, get one back. It could probably help things potentially. Of course, him being a pass rusher, the top returning uh, sack guy from last year, led the team in sacks last year. Uh, so getting him back and maybe affecting some quarterbacks a little bit more, maybe get some strip sacks, uh, forcing quarterbacks into making some throws they don't they don't really want to. Uh, I think those are kind of uh, a couple of ways you could easily identify as uh, means for more turnover. So, so I think, yeah, a pretty good opportunity for him to step in and uh, play as well as he did last. If he plays as well as he did last season against Tennessee, I, I think that'll probably be a pretty good indication for South Carolina on Saturday night. Yeah, would you say that's a big part of this matchup, uh, the the turnover battle there? Because Jeremy Pruitt harps on it a lot as well. I, it makes sense that both Jeremy Pruitt and Will Muschamp, uh, defensive coordinators, defensive guys, that they would preach that. But it seems to matter for both teams, winning the turnover battle, maybe winning it decisively. Right, and and it kind of just going back to South Carolina last year and sort of the theme for, for their defense last year is that is getting those turnovers and being opportunistic on offense for, for two teams like South Carolina and Tennessee who are still sort of kind of finding their ways on that side of the ball. It really helps when, when you're able to, to get short fields uh, and maybe a little momentum on your side as well and, and to be able to, to capitalize on those opportunities. So, yeah, and, and obviously, as you sort of alluded to there, coming from, from that Nick Saban coaching tree, uh, I think they're, they're a lot of the same uh, – schools of thought there for those two coaches yeah I, I would say so uh back to the offensive side who needs to step up Debo Samuel coming back this season I know was expected to be a big thing for South Carolina's offense but who needs to step up and make plays for the Gamecocks who, who should Tennessee fans be watching this weekend yeah Debo's obviously one of them um and he's he's been another one of the culprits if you will at, for for dropping passes he's he's put a few down uh, in critical situations whether it's getting behind Texas A&M, Texas A&M secondary. Uh, and having a chance to get like a 50-yard gain. Uh, he had a drop there, uh, maybe one or two. I know one for sure, th- a critical third down drop against Kentucky. Uh, so he's got to get back to normal, uh, just catching the ball. Same with Brian Edwards, his running mate at receiver. But it's going to start with Jake. Uh, and, and sort of the thing with Jake, and it's pretty much been this way since he's been the quarterback at South Carolina, he's had trouble starting fat, like starting with, you know, hot. I mean, it just it, it sort of doesn't really come to him until – on some point late in the second quarter or even in the second half. so, And, and I feel like this is something that, that folks have talked about really since the start with this guy because it's, it's been the case. But if, if he can somehow find a way to start quick, I mean, there, there's no time and is able to do it, you know, beyond this weekend and on into November. Uh, and this team could be really good, really improved, and, and sort of be back into that echelon of, even though they're out of the, the conversation, the echelon one of teams that could compete for, for the SEC East. They still got all, all these talented guys that, that people are really excited about coming into the season, and they can somehow put it together uh, starting Saturday. It could be a fun five, six games to close out uh, this regular season. Yeah, so South Carolina trying to have a strong finish. Tennessee needs to win three of the next five to go to the postseason to get to a bowl game. 
Uh, Hell, do you have some thoughts on how this game might go? Uh, Anything else that interests you within the matchup between South Carolina and Tennessee on Saturday night? Well, I I certainly like the matchup if you're looking at South Carolina and and them having a chance to win. Obviously, when you're a touchdown or more favorite at home, it's easy to say that. Uh, I I think for South Carolina, what they're going to need to do from a defensive standpoint is uh, limit what they give up down the field uh, in the passing game, Jim Connell one of the best in the country in like yards per attempt. So, so he's throwing the ball downfield, as y'all know, to, to those big receivers. And if South Carolina is able to uh, to limit uh, what, what Tennessee is able to get, whether it's completions or even drawing like passing or France plays, he drives a lot. Uh, I, I think South Carolina is going to have a pretty good shot at, at keeping Tennessee's run game sort of in check. And so when, when they get to those third downs, if they're third and medium, third and long, uh, I like South Carolina's chances, especially, again, with, with one of them coming back. How big of a deal is the South Carolina-Tennessee game to South Carolina fans? And with Will Muschamp, he's 6-0 against Tennessee when you include his Florida time, so he's been successful against the Vols. How important to South Carolina fans is that to continue? It's huge. Uh, not only when you look at just what it means to this season, but but just uh, as, as a whole, South Carolina fans always get excited about this game. Even though maybe Tennessee doesn't really view this as a rivalry game, as quite the rival as they've you know, had with, with some other teams around the league. For for South Carolina folks, this one's always a pretty big game, given tradition that, that the folks up there have enjoyed Knoxville and maybe a little bit of the history with, with you know, early early to mid-90s when it seemed like Tennessee was coming in and getting some of the best players out of South Carolina every year. There's a bit of a, a grudge that some folks here in Columbia have towards uh, the Vols, and, and it's, it's always one that the folks around here get amped up for, no doubt. An important one for both sides, South Carolina and Tennessee on Saturday night. Hell McGranahan's covering it for TheBigSpur.com. Hell, really appreciate the time. Thanks for all the information. Thanks for having me. You are listening to Locked on Vols, your team every day. And it's interesting when you look at the comparisons, both teams going in. South Carolina, I think, is in better shape. I think South Carolina is the better team going in. And it entered the season with higher expectations, probably bigger goals for a reason. But both teams are looking at this weekend as a chance to head into the final stretch and have some success. Tennessee trying to get to the postseason. If Tennessee can win at South Carolina, well, that would give the Vols a really good chance of reaching a bowl game. If South Carolina wins, maybe it feels like it has some things corrected from some previous issues and can head into November and win some big games. Still has that game against Clemson, which is obviously going to be tough. Tennessee's schedule, I would say, a little bit lighter than South Carolina's because of that Clemson game that the Gamecocks have to play. But anyway, very important for both teams. So coming up here in the third segment of Locked on Vols, some keys to the game, including players to watch, players who might need to step up for Tennessee on Saturday, and I'll make my pick for the game. Coming up here on Locked on Vols, the daily Tennessee podcast. And if you need tickets to a game, to a concert, to an event at a theater, Vivid Seats, is a great option for you. Vivid Seats helps you with all of those types of events. They're the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price. You can look for seats in the section and row of your choice. And to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On. that's one word, for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. 
Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. So Tennessee's getting ready for South Carolina coming up on Saturday. Keys to the game for Tennessee. I think number one, and it would have been probably number one with or without Trey Smith, but I think it becomes emphasized, is protecting Jarrett Garantano. He has just taken too many hits. And maybe he needs to be better with pre-snap protections and the calls that he makes. It'd be ridiculous to say that all of the hits that Garantano has taken is on him. They need to be better blocking up front. They need to be better protecting. That includes the offensive line, tight ends, running backs, and pass protection. He's taken too many hits. And I know that Keller Chris looked good when he came in against Alabama. Garantano is easily the number one quarterback in the coaching staff's eyes. And there is a reason for that. He is their best chance to win. You saw what he did at Auburn. You saw those throws he made down the field. Give him a chance to do that again. Tennessee needs to protect him. They also need to figure out the running game. Be more successful on first downs. Limit the amount of times that Garantano is in third and long situations where he needs a little bit more time for the play to develop. And I know the numbers say, well, Tennessee's as good or better in third and long situations as they are in third and short. Don't expect that to continue. Nobody, including, especially probably, Tennessee's coaching staff, thinks that they're better off at third and eight or third and ten than third and one or third and three. Keep playing that out, and it's not going to work out in your favor. So protect Jarrett Garantano. It's going to be a tough task for the offensive line having to move some pieces around, but they better be ready on Saturday night. Then on the flip side, Tennessee's pass rush needs to be better. They were effective against Auburn. You saw the difference that it made. Tennessee being able to get after the quarterback, Jarrett Stidham in that case, forced him into making big mistakes. It played a big role in Tennessee winning the turnover battle, and I would say winning the game. If Tennessee's pass rush was not as good as it was against Auburn, the Vols wouldn't have beaten the Tigers. On Stidham's second interception, that was all due to pressure. It forced him to make a throw he didn't want to, when he had a receiver running down the middle of the field wide open for a touchdown. If Tennessee doesn't get to Stidham, he throws a touchdown instead of throwing an interception. That fumble was pressure. He was sacked, fumbled the football. Alante Taylor picked it up and walked it into the end zone. That's a touchdown for Tennessee because of the pressure Tennessee applied. With those questions or some concerns there with South Carolina, with the interceptions that Jake Bentley has thrown, that Hell was talking about in the last segment, if you pressure him, he might throw you the football again. So get after the quarterback. I think it starts with Kyle Phillips leading the way. He's been really effective for Tennessee. He had that interception that he returned for a touchdown last week. You'd certainly take one of those. But can Daryl Taylor, DeAndre Johnson, who now plays a bigger role in for the injured Jonathan Kongbo, can they get to the quarterback? If they can, they might be able to make some plays for Tennessee's defense. So a third key, I would say, make some plays. That's on both sides of the football. Starting on offense, I'll go over the usual names. Ty Chandler doesn't have to be mentioned here at this point, but I'll repeat his name as I've said it every week. Get him the football. And Tennessee's coaches are focused on trying to figure out how to get Ty Chandler the football. As a runner and a receiver, he can be really effective. Ty Chandler last weekend became the first Tennessee running back in the history of the program to catch a touchdown pass in three straight games. He's a playmaker. He's probably Tennessee's biggest home run threat. Juwan Jennings, this Again, feels like a Juwan Jennings game. It has a chance to be ugly. It's probably going to be tight. 
You're going on the road. It's going to be at night. The crowd's going to be into it. That seems like a time when Juwan Jennings steps up. So he's been terrific on third downs. He's a guy you can put the ball up to in the end zone, and he's probably either going to come down with it or it hits the ground. Juwan Jennings, Marquez Callaway, can they make some plays down the field? Josh Palmer was back at practice this week, so that's a good sign for him. Can you get the ball to number 84 a time or two down the field? Tennessee will need that. And then when I'm talking about making plays, that's on offense and on defense. So Nigel Warrior, remember two years ago at South Carolina, Nigel was a freshman. He was in there, made a mistake, had busted coverage, and South Carolina hit a big play down the field. In the end, that was the difference in the game. Nigel gets a chance at redemption this weekend. He's much more experienced. Nigel needs to avoid making mistakes, but he also needs to make plays. So can Nigel or Bryce Thompson, remember he's a former South Carolina commit, or Alante Taylor, pick off a pass, make a play, whether they return it deep into South Carolina territory or get into the end zone, helping out the offense, making things easier for the offense could go a long way for Tennessee. And those pass rushers, you you make a play on the quarterback, you'll have a chance to make a play on the ball. And then part of it is you hope the ball bounces your way. So Tennessee needs to make plays. And then one other key, I think here, Jesse Smithy mentioned this when I hosted Tennessee Sports Night with him on the Sports Animal on Wednesday night. Special teams, if it is going to be a close game, you're on the road. You need to kick the ball well. Brent Samaglia, if he's in there to hit some big kicks, needs to knock him home. And Joe Doyle's been terrific. That needs to continue for Tennessee in the punting game. And then no mistakes, no turnovers. If you get a big return, great. But don't cough the football up in the return game in special teams either and limit what Debo Samuel does. He hasn't really been able to, to break a long one. Don't let that change this week against South Carolina. Tennessee and South Carolina, 7.30 kickoff on Saturday night. What happens? Well, I think South Carolina wins the game. I thought going into the week that South Carolina was in a better spot, better team, had two weeks to get ready for the game, would be fresher coming off an off week while Tennessee was playing Alabama. Then you have the unfortunate Trey Smith news. Now, I'd say Tennessee players go out there motivated to win one for Trey, but I I don't think that they do in the end. So I'm going to say that South Carolina wins 27-17, on Saturday night. One score could be late to kind of pull away there to make it a two-score game, but I think it's going to be a close one throughout, and again, might be ugly at times. We'll see. 27-17 South Carolina is my score. If it makes you feel any better as a Tennessee fan, my picks with Tennessee games haven't been all that great this season, so we will see. They play for a reason, and I'll be back here to talk about it either way on Monday. Five days a week, the Locked On Vols podcast is here, and I want to say a big thanks On Wednesday, the show hit the 100,000 download mark. That's since I joined the Locked On Podcast Network late in August. So big thanks to everybody who has been here. Welcome to new listeners to the show. Five days a week, I'm here talking about what's going on with Tennessee. If you have time to rate and review the show on iTunes, please do so. That's a big help. It's available pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm on Twitter, at Josh underscore Ward. Feel free to follow, send me a question or comment for the show anytime. Enjoy the game, enjoy your weekend, and I'll see you right back here on Locked on Vols on Monday.